Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for this week's Zozo Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Hello, Greg. What's going on, Rick? Uh, excited to be here. We got a great field this week. Very good field uh, and a really cool golf course. So I'm looking forward to it. It took you half a second to downgrade this field from great to very good. You know, it's it's uh, very good at the top end. Probably the best we'll see in the fall, uh, which is cool. And look, the bottom end is understandably, let's say, unfamiliar. Mm. You and I were uh, having a nice football conversation before the show started. You were enlightening me to the the vibes, the thoughts, and the feelings around uh, being a New York Jets fan, which I find to be fascinating this year because there was so much hype leading into the year. Then to have the the crushing loss of Aaron Rodgers, but still to be pr- playing pretty well, like there's it is I, it's a roller coaster of emotions just for me as a as a national viewer. Yeah, you got you you're looking at a team without their starting quarterback that has beat the Bills. They had him for four plays, didn't complete a pass. Okay. So you beat them. You beat the Bills without Rodgers. Uh, you now beat the Eagles. By the way, who would have thought that the two teams to knock off the last remaining undefeated to be the Jets and the Browns? How about that? I mean, <laughs> so that's a, a really good win. You also beat the Broncos. Um, and and there's a lot of good stuff going on. The defense looks great. Uh, they're getting Garrett Wilson going a little bit. Brees Hall is a superstar. So you have some weapons on offense as well. And they're they're rallying around this team. You know, and I think that's a credit and a testament to Sala, uh, which is what they were hoping for when he was brought in. And I think this team has been a very good football team. Now, without Rodgers, your ceiling is kind of limited, right? I mean, I know you beat the Eagles and you beat the Bills, so you could beat anybody, right? But come playoff time, you got to deal with the Chiefs. You got to deal with the Dolphins. You got to deal with the Bills. You got, I mean, you, you got a lot of, I mean, who knows what happens with the Bengals. January football, a little bit different than <clears throat> October football. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Ravens playing some good football. Although, did they win? Yes. Did the Ra- I think the Ravens you were, asking, you were asking the wrong guy. Yeah, they, they beat the Titans. They held on to win. So they're playing good football. It's just there's a lot of good teams in the AFC. And I worry that um, that Zach Wilson can only take them so far. Well, we'll see. Lots of football left to be played. Uh, lots of golf still to be played this week. And then, Greg, a bye week. A bye week next week. There is not a PGA Tour event on the calendar. What will you do? Will you travel the world? How will you spend your uh, your extra time? Oh, Rick, that is something very undecided. I don't know the answer to that yet. My guess is 
nothing special. Uh, my guess is just playing dad. <laughs> yeah, mine, it's getting caught up on things I've been meaning to do right, for right. a while. Yeah, no, I feel you. All right. Well, this week we are headed to Japan. So get your lineups in early. Get your wagers in early. We are headed back to Accordia Golf Narashino Country Club. It is the Zozo Championship. And it's a little bit of a different look that we've had uh, here in the FedEx Cup fall, Greg, because this is a small field. 78 players, no cut. It is top heavy, as you mentioned. It's injected as well with about a dozen golfers from the Japanese golf tour. So there's just a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, and this looks very much like the Zozo Championships of the past and not a traditional FedEx Cup fall event like we have uh, learned in the last couple of weeks. It seems like, you know, for some of your stars like uh, Xander Shoffley, Colin Morikawa, perhaps Ricky Fowler. This is that kind of one event that they play in the fall. Um, maybe it's checking a box, keeping the competitive juices flowing, uh, something along those lines. But it does give us a, a very cool look, a, a very cool feel heading into this week. And it's a it's a golf course that I think is very interesting um, for a number of reasons, which we can get into in a minute. But I, I think it makes for a really enjoyable watch. And it's going to be really fun to break this down from a DFS perspective. Yeah. So this event, uh, well, I'll pull up the the scorecard here and everything in, in, in just a second. But this event has been around for four years. Three of them have been played at Narashino Country Club. The other edition, Greg, trivia was played at? Sherwood. Sherwood. That's yes. right. Sherwood Country Club in Southern California. Uh I'll, I mean, I was looking for any reason to tell you that I played it, and it is just oh, that's why. That's that's the place that when you show up on the grounds, you're like, yeah, I'm mad and expensive. I'm mad. Yeah, expensive. it feels that's, expensive, right? It, it, <laughs> it has that look. It, it's a cool gem. You know, it it kind of gets overshadowed in California golf, yeah. but I can imagine it's one of the top. I love when Tiger's event was there. Yeah, uh, it just creates great theater so that was a really cool spot too winged foot and sherwood are two elite logos sherwood has the uh like the robin hood guy like, oh right 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 yeah very good logo yeah and winged, and winged foot's yeah of course it's uh, winged foot's is just simply iconic listen don't overthink it it's a winged foot just just do it don't don't throw it in there yeah well, uh, so well, so three yeah. Three editions at Accordia Golf Narashino Country Club. Josh, if you want to show my screen, I've got uh, my website, rickrungood.com. I've got the scorecard here as well. The reason that I'm, I have both is because it is, you know, I run the, the model every, every week, Greg, and it, it's a small sample size when you only have three years of history. This model, uh, it, it strictly looks at the types of golfers that have had success on each golf course, and the bombers have kind of dominated around Narashino in the three editions. So I will supplement that with the scorecard here and you mentioned there are some unique and some interesting aspects so we can kind of talk through this uh any angle that you want to you want to start with yeah i think um you look at the 10 par fours on this property and that's where i think you find the most interest so you have a number of short par fours i think number one 405 383 at number two um and and then you got 395 at number nine uh, 400 at number 10 
and the last one would be 15 which is 425 yeah now i mean 425 that's a driver or three wood and a wedge on all of those holes uh, i mean if not just a little flip wedge but then you have holes like number four 505 uh you go to number nine 486 um number 11 486 fifth uh i'm sorry 18 562 uh, oh that's a par five 17, oh, 17 yeah. 491 yeah. right so th- so you have five short par fours and five long par fours mm-hmm. then you look at these par fives and you have reachable at number six um you have on the second nine you have 14 which is really long and 18 which is reachable the par threes all kind of fall in this range with the exception of 13 you got 183 you got 167 i guess that's on the shorter end but pretty close and 180 with number three so you know it puts a lot of emphasis when you start to really do the math on this 175 to 225 range there's a lot of longer irons than you would expect at a golf course that's under 7100 yards yeah it is a very unique setup from from that perspective i mean the being a being a par 70 with uh the three par fives the way that the fours are constructed as greg so so perfectly laid out there are not a lot of venues that i think if you started to compare scorecards greg would would be i don't want to use the word extreme because that makes it seem almost quirky or you know what i mean or unfair but it it is kind of extreme just because um it's not something that we see all the time no um and and when you look at the total and you say okay well seven thousand yards like we can handle that but uh there's a lot of holes that become a lot to handle yeah and and that makes it that makes it challenging you add in here you have some really small greens this is a venue where there are actually two greens on each hole love that which is very cool um but they're they're small in in design so they become difficult to hit especially when you're coming in from outside of 175 and i i think that's one of the aspects one of the many that makes this golf course unique now it also it's moderately challenging it's not the birdie fest that we typically see in the fall which is pretty cool so i think short game uh will play a much bigger influence here as well yeah 15 under par won it last year that got the job done in fact 15 under in each of the last two years got it done tiger's year in 2019 19 under did i feel like it was soft that year is that right tiger yeah it was soft um tiger also really hit the ball well you think about some of the things that i'll be looking at this week like that long iron play iron play in general is just where Tiger Woods excels. Didn't he didn't he bogey like the first three holes that week? Yeah, bogey, bogey, bogey to start. I, rem- I remember being like, why am I up at one o'clock in the morning for this? Like yeah. why I'm going to bed. He is three over through three. This stinks. Uh I can And then Sunday you're saying how how is everybody <laughs> not awake right now? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. Um I had one other thing. Oh, those two greens. I love this. That's fairly common in Japan. It's basically a winter green and a summer green made out of uh different types of grass. And if you hit to 
So if your ball lands on the wrong green, Greg, you are not allowed to hit it off. You've got to take relief from the wrong green and then chip to the correct one. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, summer greens and winter greens for sure. But they also want to have, um, you know, limit some foot traffic as well. So, so yeah, you're, you're not playing it off the, even though these players probably could, this is the one week where they could probably allow it. Uh, but, but they decide not to. So there will be no divots taken on the other greens. Do you know of any course in America that does this, the double greens for foot traffic or for just, just, um, I mean, I've seen holes with two greens, but not, right. not 36 different greens where, because you could, because the, the idea is you could also have a bunch of different pin positions and a bunch of, you know, different ways to play the hole. I've seen that on singular holes. I have not seen 36 greens on 18 holes. No, I haven't either. Um, you know, Pine Valley has a couple of holes, mm. one or two holes with multiple greens. Um, but no, it, it's very uncommon in the United States. I've never seen it. Look, there's a lot to design. There's a lot to maintain. It's a, it's a challenging thing uh, from a greenskeeper perspective. And I think the architects who have done a lot of their work here in the States would prefer just to have larger greens with multiple hole locations. Yeah. Okay. Let's jump into the player pool. We'll start with the expensive guys. We'll go down to the cheapies and we'll see what we can find everywhere in between. But first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Here is the cheat sheet. And there are four golfers over $10,000. Their names, Xander Shoffley, Colin Morikawa, Sung J.M., and Ricky Fowler. Greg, interesting because uh, for three of these guys, we have not seen them since the Ryder Cup. That's Xander, Colin, and Ricky. While Sung J is coming off of a runner-up finish in a playoff on the K. PGA. So how do we start breaking down and figuring out what to do with the high end here? Yeah, I, I think you have um, a couple of options here. Really, you, you probably have four options depending on what you're feeling like. But if I have to pick out two players, I think I'd lean towards Xander Shoffley and Sung JM. Um, Xander Shoffley is just... Not only does he stick out in basically any way you run your model, um, but, but the reason for that is just a an absolutely complete game. Yeah. And I know the Ryder Cup, there was some drama that he was involved in, and he didn't really show up to play. It feels like a little bit of a different issue than what we're going to experience this week. This is a phenomenal driver of the ball, a great iron player, including long irons. He has a very, very reliable short game, which I do think will be important this week. And he's been putting as well as anybody on the PGA Tour since, I don't know, May. <laughs> it's been absolutely phenomenal on the greens. So he's as reliable and as consistent as they come on the PGA Tour. And it's hard to find a reason to sit him down unless you're putting a lot of weight on the Ryder Cup. Th that's the only thing the 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 recency bias the Ryder Cup not only the drama but I mean he was he was pretty bad he was pretty bad at yeah. at the Ryder Cup and if you just remove that line from the player profile I mean he is phenomenal he's, he's very clearly the best player in this field you look at his history at this event which he's played all four years obviously only three in Japan but the three in Japan T10 T28 T9. So expectations are are high for Xander. It, it really, like you said, Greg, just just depends on how much you want to put on the Ryder Cup. Yeah, and I, I, there's a couple of ways you could look at that. Um, 
you know, I questioned a lot of the preparation from the American team as a whole uh, after the Ryder Cup. And just taking that much time off was a concern for me. But um, I, I don't think Xander wants to play like that anymore. And, and I think he's going to come into this week ready to go. And, and that you're going to see that game on full display. So different style of golf. You don't have to worry about a teammate, whether it's your, your best friend or not. Uh, you're you're playing golf. This is now your profession. You're back to your job the way it normally is, and and I think that's a really good thing for Xander. I have been pretty much in the camp of this just kind of weird run from Colin Morikawa of of win luck, right? I mean, when I look at his stat profile, I see very similar things that I've seen from him for basically the entirety of his career. Uh, a positive driver. He can absolutely uh, be the best iron player of the week. The short game is eh, the putter is eh, it's kind of all over the place. Depends on what you get each and every week. And I don't think that that is any different. The I don't think the 2023 of, uh, version of Colin Morikawa has been any different than the 2021 version of Colin Morikawa, except for trophies. And I don't know. Maybe I'm just stuck in this in this viewpoint of him. It, it's a really hard thing to kind of figure out because I've looked at this all year and been kind of waiting for the win out of Colin. And so what are you left with? Do you play him every week? Do you play him no weeks? You know, <laughs> I've been playing him every week, Greg. It's been going phenomenally bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it could be kind of a frustrating deal. So uh, he checks every box with the exception of probably short game. I think short game could be, could play a pivotal role this week. Uh, and, and it may not be the kind of thing that keeps him out of contention and keeps him out of a productive fantasy week, but it may be the thing that keeps him away from a trophy. Uh, so if there's any slip in the iron play on these small greens, he's going to have to lean on that short game. And it, it does worry me a little bit more than Xander. You know, in, in essence. And so I feel like you're kind of between those two. And I, I lean towards Xander over Colin and in, in that. But it, it's tough. I, I wouldn't fault you for playing Colin. It's I, just uh what, like what does it come down to a feet? Is it a feel? Is it a guess? Yeah. I mean, because I think I think when we get later in the week and the projected ownerships are gonna be pretty close on both of them, it's just gonna be like which one do you like more? And uh, I mean there there are where like golf is hard enough to predict. It's going to come down to just an absolute razor thin margin between these two guys. Can and, you skip? Can you skip them both? Okay. Well, that's what's interesting, right? I think there's kind of it's the two at the top and the two at the bottom of this range. I, I think are, are are pretty similar, right? Because then you get Sungjae at ten two, Ricky Fowler at ten thousand. You could argue just starting the nines, which I think are are pretty stock full. But before we get there, you know, Ricky Fowler kind of got a pretty good pass from his Ryder cup, uh, disappointment because he had the stomach bug. That was, we, we kind of knew that early in the week, but Greg, his, his end of the season was not nearly as good as the vast majority of his season. He is coming off of a runner up finish at this event last year. How do you assess the chances of Ricky with a lot of these unknowns flying around? Yeah, it feels very, um, very bland to me. You know, Ricky's kind of been an all-around player. I would I would classify him as an all-around player, skill set-wise throughout his entire career, which you know, like Xander Shoffley is an all-around player, I I would say. Um Patrick Cantlay is an all-around player. I would put Ricky Fowler in that 
uh, in that place as well. If I had to lean anyway on his skill set, it would be the putting. And the putting at the end of the year wasn't great. Uh, at the Ryder Cup, it was kind of disappointing. And, and the rest of his game has just been a little bit bland. So I might take a chance on Ricky if he was in the 9K range, but I just feel like his price is too high. I'd, I'd rather have Xander or Colin. Uh, I'd rather have Sungjae. I'd probably rather have Hideki Matsuyama who starts off the 9K. Yeah, that's kind of, I think, maybe one of the more interesting things is is for this week is going to be the builds that you can put out there. You know, you can only get one of Xander or Colin in, in almost all cases. Um, you might be able to get one of Xander and Colin and one of Sungjae and Ricky, but you're really going to have to dip down and, and uh, get some risky guys at the bottom. Or you could bypass all four of them and go down to the nine K's, which are starts with Hideki who's won this event and finished runner up at this event. Keegan Bradley, who's been phenomenal around here. Minwoo Lee coming off of a victory, Adam Scott involved cam David. I mean, th this is, this is an absolute stacked range. You know, we, offers. we always make these notes. I write down, uh, I write down players in each range and, Next to 9K, I drew a little heart because <laughs> I love the whole range. I mean, you got Sahith coming off a win. You got Cam Davis, who's been playing phenomenal. Yeah. You got Adam Scott, who I think looks really good this week. This is this is stout, um, and and it's it's hard to find a, a bad direction. And that makes it really hard to play Ricky Fowler, in my opinion. Um, Maybe he's a maybe he's a pivot if the projected ownership comes out and it looks very low. He may be a good pivot play to differentiate your lineup. But I mean, these guys are all so strong. I have to imagine the ownership's going to kind of balance out in this range. Yeah, I think that's probably right uh, because there there is just a, a, a plethora of, of riches here, and I think that to an extent. You know, there, there are pretty narrow fairways here, which which guys play out of the rough. So I don't think being super accurate is is incredibly important. But, you know, someone like a Cam Davis, I want to point out because, you know, he is to me maturing at a rapid rate. Greg, we talked about this last week. I didn't think TPC Summerlin was a particularly great spot for him. And you and I debated, well, that might not be true because when you look at some of these places where you can club down, he has played fairly well, and you were absolutely right about this. I think he is showing that there might not just be specific courses for him. You know, he's got five top 10 finishes in his last six starts. Um, it is starting to become a more all-around game. The the short game is is impressive. I, I, I need to take a little bit of responsibility here because Cam Davis is getting better each and every week. It's just... Phenomenal. It, it's been absolutely elite. I feel like he's a steal at 9,500. Now he may be chalk. He may be chalky, which could be the one drawback on Cam Davis, but the, the course style is almost irrelevant. And, and I kind of thought these club down courses were good for him because it forced accuracy in a way and allowed him to rely on the rest of his game, which is so good. But I think what we're learning especially after a performance like we've seen at both Fortinet and Shriners, which are pretty driver-heavy golf courses that, hey, this this guy could just flat-out play. <laughs> you know, and any style kind of works for him. 
this is a golf course with some dog legs. Uh, almost every hole has a dog leg. It has narrow fairways, which maybe minus the dog legs remind you of Fortinet. I, I think there's a world where Cam Davis is your winner this week. He has that kind of game. Yeah, he's been he's been playing phenomenal golf. I mean, line him up, right? I mean, Sahith uh, finished fifth here last year and is coming off the victory. Keegan Bradley has gone 13th, 7th, and a win. I'll tell you what, I don't like to um, step into the, the narrative streets too often, but when they line up with great recent play, uh, great course history, and Ryder Cup snubbery, Greg, Ryder Cup snubbery, I do like to step into those streets. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of really compelling stories with that. He talked about this last year after his win. It reminds him of the courses he played in the Northeast. Uh, we've known that Keegan Bradley has gotten a lot better with the putter, uh, and he's a great putter on bent grass greens. And the greens that we'll be playing this week are bent grass. So that's a, a another added benefit. Uh, the the tree line golf courses seem to really fit his eye, and um, who knows? We could get some rain this week. It is the wet season in Japan, and Keegan's definitely a a, a mutter used to that kind of weather. So yeah, he's he makes a ton of sense. I mean, I might I might just do. It's so scary to to not have, especially because the first three events of the fall have been dominated by the best players. I would kind of argue, I think there's a really big drop-off from basically Sahith, maybe Eric Cole to everybody else. But I would be I'm quite worried about missing out on Colin, Ricky, Xander, Sung Jay. But man, I would love to load up on this night. Like just all of them. Adam Scott, Adam Scott's been playing great. I run a bunch, I run a bunch of models this morning. Adam Scott was like <laughs> top of all of them. Every, he's everywhere. So I I wrote I I mean, I love the entire 9K range. I told you I wrote a heart next to it, right? <laughs> um, but the three guys I pulled out were Cam Davis, Adam Scott, and Sahith. And maybe that should have been Keegan Bradley in that third spot. I like Keegan a lot. Um, but I love the point is I love Adam Scott. And I'm wondering if people are paying attention because he's played some DP World Tour stuff. Yeah. Quite, you know, quite well, uh, at least at the BMW PGA came and tied seventh. Look at the ball striking, which he kind of hasn't been able to lean on for the last little bit. But it seems to be rather warm right now he's playing great and doesn't it feel like an adam scott golf course <laughs> yeah it kind of does doesn't it yeah i no, okay. i'm with you i mean i don't like just going on the narrative he has one start here in 19 he came and tied 33rd um which which doesn't really ring the bell but you just think about what it requires and adam scott fits the bill so Maybe he's the play. If you maybe you pivot off of a Cam Davis, who's probably going to be very popular, and and you go down to an Adam Scott, it could be a strong. It could be a strong play, like Adam Scott and Keegan Bradley on top of your lineup. I mean, those are very good players. You're missing out on a lot of really good names on top of them, but those guys could both contend and compete here without question. I agree with you. 
the 8K range is uh, where I believe uh, there is a little bit of a, a drop off, but we're going to talk about those guys and more after a quick word from our partners. And we're back. 8K range. Not that I think there's, I think there's plenty of great options here, but I think there's, this is where you get a, a significant drop off. Eric Cole, Thomas Dietrich, Nikolai Hoygaard, Emiliano Grillo, Bo Hostler is in the middle. And then we round it out with Vincent Norman, Keith Mitchell, Adam Svensson. Alex Noren, Aaron Rye, and Adam Shank. So, Greg, this feels this is like okay. If we started here and these were all all the players, this would be our FedEx Cup fall field. Uh, they're cheaper, right? They're going to start down here, but they've got those names to contend with at the top. And, and it could be a really important part of your lineup. Um, if you try to really stack up top in in that ten and nine k range, which is a great strategy, this range may get left out. Um, cause now at the bottom end and the six K is you're, it's a little thin, uh, which we'll get to a little bit later. So uh, I don't think this is a pivotal range here in this, uh, in, in your lineup, depending on the way that you build it, but it, it could be if you go and you, you don't want to leave off Xander Shoffley, which I'm fine with that kind of build too. Um, but I look at Eric Cole and he's becoming to me a guy you could play every week. You know, just about every single week, you can just put Eric Cole in your lineup. And you may have to deal with a T35 every once in a while, but you're going to get a lot of really, really strong finishes out of him. Uh, and and two out of his last three weeks, he's recorded top fives. And his iron play is just red hot. It, it's phenomenal. Unreal. Now, your model... This would be the one thing that holds me back. Yeah. Um, your your model is very heavy on driving. Uh, I know and, uh, Andy Lack, who writes your article on your website, mm -hmm. sees it a little bit more of a second shot golf course, Yeah, which is my initial read. Um, so it's okay to step outside the data, but if you, if you value just the numbers and the data, that may be an area of concern with Eric Cole. Yes, and the times that I even like to step outside the data are weeks like this three, three years of history uh it's a small field it's kind of a a different ish type of field you're literally flying across the world there just are a lot more variables uh in a week like this and combine that with a smaller sample size even i am not bending the knee uh entirely to the data greg so i i agree with you it's it's Eric Cole has been one of the better second shot players in the world for the last four or five months, something like that. And, and look what he's done on third shots recently. Yeah. yeah. If he right. has to, a couple right? of weeks. Yeah. If he has to, which is rare, but maybe comes into play a little more this week. And you have gaining six shots, four shots, five shots in his last three weeks around the green. That could be a pretty lethal combination here. I mean, he's doing this. Two top five finishes in his last three weeks, uh, three top 25 finishes in his last four weeks with really subpar putting. Un unlike Eric Cole, who's normally a phenomenal putter, has been struggling on the greens and still putting up these kind of finishes. So he's just, he's a, he's a becoming an every weaker if he keeps this kind of profile going. I think my favorite 
all things considered, looking at the price, he's lower down in the eight thousand dollars range. Is, is Adam Svensson and Greg? We've we've spent a lot of time talking about him uh, this fall because he's been one of the better approach players. The driver's been great. He's a positive uh, short game golfer. He's got three top eighteen finishes in his last three starts. I I think Adam Svensson will win this fall. I don't know if it's now. Maybe he goes and wins the RSM again. But th- this feels like we are on the verge of something. I hope that I am correct there. Uh, three straight top 20 finishes. I uh, talk about four out of five top 20 finishes. The worst one is T37 since all the way back to the Rocket Mortgage. Mm-hmm. So this has been really steady, really consistent golf. Um, I think he's a wonderful play at 8,200. Uh, makes a ton of sense a, a reliable rock kind of guy so I, i'm all i'm i'm right there with you on Svensson. cole Svensson, a little bit of bo hostler because he's i mean he yeah. he is the guy who's got a lot to play for he is you know longer than people realize he finished 16th here last year he's got three you know really four good results leading into this a little bit of bo a little bit of adam shank if i want to get if I want to get real nasty, that that's my that's my 8K spend. I'm not. I I walked with Grillo last week. It's not good. The stats back it up. I love Vincent Norman. I I, I think he's going to be very difficult to handicap. Um, I need to see more out of Keith Mitchell, right? So I, I those four I'm really rallying around. Uh, I wrote down Cole, Hostler, Svensson. I could take a chance on Hoygaard. I don't mind that. Um, I don't love it, but I could take a chance on it. I, I just think with his ability off the tee, even though he struggled at the Shriners, you know, un- un- you could write this off pretty easily. Uncharacteristic, you know, losing seven and a half strokes ball strike. I could go back. I'm sure he found a desert or some water or something like that. And his first start since the Ryder Cup, I. I don't think I care about that. Now, if he does it again, if he does it, if he did it again this week, I'd be pretty worried. <laughs> yeah, th- this is a little more get a little more guesswork. You know, you're kind of going on feel and ability level, which I'm okay with in a week like this. So again, don't love it, but wouldn't mind. And hopefully, he gets lower ownership because of because of this profile that we're looking at here. But yeah, uncharacteristic what we saw at the Shriners. And I think what you mentioned is uh, just by the nature of a lot of builds this week, I think. Anybody you play in the AK range is probably going to be uh, relatively low owned just because of all the builds that are going to start with the, you know, eight or so names that are above these guys. Yeah. And you, what do you think the, what do you think the general public will do? Will they go heavy up top? Will they go balance and, and hammer the nine K range? I think, I think they, a lot of, I think there's going to be a ton of Ricky and Xander. I just think that, um, when you start looking at the rest of this field and the other thing is it is a no cut event. So it, you don't have the risk of just a missed cut from the guys to the bottom of the board. Right. And when you give Xander four guaranteed rounds or Colin four guaranteed rounds, I think that will be too good to pass up for a lot of people. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So opinion. hey, maybe you start go, maybe you go pretty heavy nine k, and you get a couple of these eight guys in there. Mix in a Shank, mix in a Svensson. Uh, that could be it. Could be a good little zag, if you will. Mix in a Shank on your lineups, not on your golf game. No. Try to avoid those if you if you could. Sevens and 
there are a couple of names here that um, I find rather fascinating. So I won't name them all, but it's JJ Spawn and Justin Suh at the top. It goes down to Dylan Wu, Nate Lashley, Sam Ryder. Now, I think there are some very, very strong options here. Obviously, you've got to stomach a little bit of something with each one of these guys, Greg. Like, for example, I will give Tom Hoagie one more crack at this. You know, I couldn't agree more. You know, he he struggled last week. He missed the cut. I I had I had bet him to 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 win it outright uh, after two really good starts. Um, you were rattling off those five par fours in which you're going to have wedge in that gets me excited about Tom Hoagie. He's got two top 17 finishes in the last two years here. If I don't give Tom Hoagie one, one more crack at it, I, I might regret it. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, you know, he also, he, if, if you look at some of the, um, we're starting to get to that point too, where you can look at some of these proximity buckets, even though I don't love it. And, and he pops up in the, 200 to, uh, was it 220? Where did I yes. see it? 200 to 225. He's third. Yeah. So really, really good stuff there. Um, so I, I like, I think that's a, another reason to kind of mix him in, even though his wedge play is phenomenal. The long iron play is too. So that could be very worth a play. I'm, I'm very curious about JJ spawn. Mm. Um, you know, T46 last week had been playing really well, but lost six strokes putting. I think a lot of that, I'm going to look this up, Greg. I thought that a lot of it was one day and maybe I'm misremembering that, but I thought he got off to a good start. Let me see if I can find this. Yeah, he plays Friday. So, so, so he was phenomenal on Thursday. He lost five and a half strokes putting on Friday. No idea yeah. what happened. I could go look it up. Small loser with the flat stick on Saturday and basically neutral for the day. And then he puts fine on, on, on Sunday and gains a stroke to the field. I mean, if you look at, um, you know, go back to round two of the FedEx St. Jude, these 10 rounds have been great. One really bizarre putting week, or excuse me, one really bizarre putting day skews a lot of those numbers, I think. And, and you look at what he's done in a from a week-to-week standpoint, uh, gained strokes off the tee. He, he lost 0.3 strokes at the Shriners, but gained strokes off the tee every other event since the Memorial. Yeah. Uh, and, and approaching the green, very similar elk there. Been gaining over two strokes just about every single week. Uh, the short game has been uh, positive and you have that one bad putting day. So I, I do think he's a very playable option. I think Hoagie's a playable option. Uh, like we said, another guy to throw at you, Callum Taron. Mm. We love this guy. Love this guy. Looking for reasons to play him. Been kind of feeling uneasy about it, but this has been pretty good lately. Um, Did you see what he did on... Was it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday, him and uh, Isaiah Salinda shot a best ball. They paired together, shot a best ball 56. Oh, I thought it was 57. Yeah, <laughs> phenomenal. With a double. With a double. It, it'd be great if they could play together again this week because yeah. uh, clearly some good vibes. But this approach play is starting to look like Callum Terran that we expected heading into 2023. Um, didn't quite get it. The driver has been trending in the right direction. I think there's a lot of positive things for Callum Terran at 7,600. Two at the bottom 
Um, boy, Joel, Joel Damon. Yeah, Joel Damon, seventy two hundred, thirteenth and seventh, and he gained a ton of strokes ball striking last week. And Cam Champ, who ninth at Jackson, eighteenth in Vegas, he's finished uh, eighth at this event in. 2023 he finished eighth in 2021, but that was the year that was at uh at Sherwood. Cam Champ, we I was texting Josh about this. Like, you know, he does this thing where he wins once a year, and he was great out of the gate last week. And he had, I mean, he just got stuck in the desert. He got stuck in the desert on number three on Saturday. He lost five and a half strokes to the field on Saturday. Outside of that, he had a freaking awesome week. He shot 76, I believe, on Saturday. Yeah. Um, which is no bueno in a tournament like that. No. So you see a T18 on the, uh, you know, the official resume, but it was much better. Uh, and it was T9 at the Sanderson. Uh, things have been trending in the right direction. And um, if you think back to the data again, which you I always want to keep in mind, yeah. it gives an advantage to distance. Mm -hmm. You're starting to see that T to green game start to look like camp champ again which is exciting gained over two and a half strokes putting his last two weeks. There's a lot of reasons to play a camp champ. He's gained from T to green in like 16 of his last 20 rounds and has gained with the putter in seven of eight. Yeah. It, it feels like it's a very real improvement. It, it feels like he's been working on his game and is starting to see results from it. It doesn't feel like, Oh, uh, I'm just so good. I'm going to show up and win once no, a year. No, it feels like he's really got something going. He so does, he does not feel far off to me. No, I mean, I, I was on camp champ back around like rocket mortgage and John Deere and, uh, like three, at maybe, five. maybe Fortinet. Oh, yeah. what, uh, you know, those weeks I was on camp champ <laughs> kind of expecting this. He missed the cut in all of them. So I, I feel a little uneasy, but I do think, the reason I was on him then is kind of showing up now. So I'm happy to jump back on that bandwagon. Okay. Uh, anybody else in the 7K range before we move on? Uh, if I go with a Sam Ryder, oh. is that just because of the commercial? Or is there really... Well, he is like the most visible on golfer here. on planet Earth at this point. Yeah, it's crazy. Just sub subliminally in your brain. But no, I, I, don't, I don't think it's just that because... He's gaining a ton of strokes on approach since deer run. Um, the short game is okay. Putter can putter can come and come and go. His thing has always kind of been, and you're, you're seeing it right now. He's just got to keep it in play off the tee. And I don't know how much trouble he can get in um, with the driver this week, but that that's the thing. If he drives it well, he plays well, um, or he finishes well, I should say. If he, if he doesn't, you're kind of looking at like a T31. Yeah. Which, hey, there's a spot for that. Um all right, I may prefer Camp Champ to $100 more. I may prefer that risk over the Sam Ryder risk. I think I'm with you. Uh, $6,000 range. We've got Brandon Wu, Hayden Buckley, KH Lee at the top. All the way down at the bottom, we get some of the, the Japanese uh, exemptions. Kensei Hirata and Young Han Song, to name a few. I'm sure I nailed those. Um this is pretty close. This is this is tough. This is tough, Greg. What do we want to do? Yeah. Um, all right. I got a few guys here. Uh, at the top, I think 
I think you have a couple really playable guys in uh, KH Lee and Davis Riley. Okay. Although Davis Riley just... The fact that I said that might make you want to fade him. I never get him right. I never get him right either. And I, I I want him to get it right. Not for me, but for him, I, I like him, but it, it just doesn't seem to happen. But, you know, if I'm looking just at numbers and analytics, I think this could be a good spot for Davis Riley. Some pretty good long iron play out of him as well. KH Lee coming off a nice week last week um, has been, you know, he rated pretty highly in some of the long iron categories as well. Mm-hmm. Um, really a fan of his talent in general. Um you know, Mackenzie Hughes, another guy at 6,700. Those are the three at the top that I had circled in very light pencil. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes is really just based on the style of this golf course. Yeah. Uh, he's, and he's and his performance here. is here. Yeah. T4, T23 in his two trips. But uh, yeah, that I, like you said, I, I didn't hear a lot of ringing confidence in those light pencil, you know, circles. That, which is which is similar to how I feel in this yeah. range as well. There now, there's one other guy that I'm also lightly circled, um, but uh, he gives you a little bit more relief because he's 6600. Mm. Now he's missed six cuts. In, is it, what is that? Six, five cuts in a row. Uh, it's Will Gordon. Mm. Now this is all metrics because he he's one of the better long arm players in the field. Yeah. Which I think is going to be important. I don't like to look at proximity buckets, but I'm wondering if there's something to it this week. Um, so he, he comes up pretty highly in, in a, a lot of those 225, 200 to 225. He's, he's very good from, from 175 to 225, which is, which will probably be a lot of those, a lot of those shots this week. That's your, right. those, are your those are your par fives and those long par fours that we were and like three of the par threes. Now, if I'm really going to make a case, that that's the reason I bring up his name because I'm looking at some of those, you know, who are the best players from these ranges. His name comes up. It keeps coming up. Fairway, rough, like all of those categories, it, it seems to pop up. Um, and then I look at his results and there's all these missed cuts in a row. But you know, the last couple have been pretty close. He actually gained strokes at the Fortinet and missed the cut, right? Which is pretty rare. Lost less than half a shot total last week at the Shriners. Yeah, so he probably missed both those cuts on the number. You got a couple of nice putting weeks. Okay, putting weeks. Um, and and the other thing about these golf, think about somebody who hits it long and is a good long iron player playing Fortinet, Sanderson, and Shriners. Their asset, if it's long iron play for Will Gordon, isn't really getting used very often. Uh, and I'm I wondering hate, if this I hate that you're talking more. me into this. I absolutely hate this case you're making right now. I know, I know. Kind I know. Of, it's pretty sound. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I told you, I started this off lightly penciled. For a guy who's missed five cuts in a row, his golfer profile page is like, <laughs> full of red <laughs> and here i am like yeah yeah no i get it i get right. it right you know i don't i don't like to go to plain old pga tour stats and proximity buckets uh, but at 6600 at a field like this this is where somebody you know out of nowhere pops up M- maybe this is the reason why i'm just 
I'm just going to bet him top 20 or something like that and just go about my life. I think he's going to get Xander in a few of my DFS lineups. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, the only other guy that I think is interesting is Matt Neesmith, who, um, you know, listen, he was there. There was probably a six month period where he was legit. I mean, maybe a full season where he was legitimately like a top 20 iron player on tour. Yeah, and, it was a full season. Yeah. And we haven't necessarily seen that, but he, it's starting to come around basically since the Wells Fargo championship in May. He's been so much better in those categories. His new his fall started off with a missed cut, but then he went T25 and T42 gained ball striking in, in each of those last two. Um, he has played this event twice. He has played here at this golf course twice T48 and T9. That T9 was last year. That's the only other one that I wanted to throw out there. Yeah, big fan of him. Kind of came on the scene around a sa the same time as Tom Hoagie, mm. right? Tom Hoagie and Matt Neesmith were two of my go-to 6K guys. Um, Hoagie has vaulted himself into a different category, and it's lag behind for Neesmith. We, the results haven't matched the ability. Um, so I, I'm always okay with taking a, a flyer on a player like that. Anybody else? We're good here. I, I don't really think I can get below Will Gordon. No. I, I couldn't. I, I I don't think I can make a case like I did for Will Gordon for anybody else. <laughs> it was it was so spirited. <laughs> yeah, but it, I had to work hard at that one. Uh, mission mission accomplished. Okay, cool. Uh, sorry, Josh, I should have given you a heads up. I was going to stop sharing my screen there. Usually, usually when I do that, it pops right back into the two box. It didn't, it didn't do it that time. Um, okay, Greg, well, listen, we've got a no cut event this week. So if you just avoid, avoid the DQ, avoid the WD and you're going to get four guaranteed rounds, it'll be a little bit of evening golf, you know, well, it'll be, I like this, this will, this breaks up, um, the fall schedule for us a little bit and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, with, with the bye week coming up as well. Uh, no need to rest anybody, right? We can, right. Go, we can go all in here this week. I'm looking forward to it. That's right. Don't don't rest anybody. Run them out there. They got, <laughs> they got a week off. Come on. What are we doing? All right. No pitch counts. No pitch counts. I love it. All right, gents. Well, absolute pleasure. Uh, Producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. And we'll be back on Tuesday for our mega preview pod. We'll be back Sunday for the recap episode. And you can find Greg Ducharme online at the real GFD. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.